everybody. It's LOI Central with Dan and Johnny. Welcome along. Uh, Coming to the end of Season 7 of LOI Central. And this is our sort of Christmas special, looking back on the best bits of 2023, which also features our live show at Rascals Brewery, which was the highlight, possibly the highlight of um, our our seven seasons really just the crack that we had with Roddy and the lads um so we're going to listen back to that and some of the highlights of LOI Central in 2023 um much were recorded in the studio here in Oliver Marketing and um yeah so we've loads to get through and we, we're actually going to reflect on well, there's been actually quite a nice bit of news since the end of the season and the, with the Leinster Senior Cup kind of changes that have been brought in to bring kind of these group stages you're actually going to be able to watch football relatively early in 2024 um, and as ever we're here thanks to um, obviously we'll mention our sponsors Rascal Brewery who looked after our um, live show so much um, Collar and Kofu did the same I'm um, still loving the loving the um, blazer that I got. Um, still wearing it, are yeah, you? Yeah, still the, the 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 beige blazer. Uh, rocked up with it there the other night for dinner. I, I like the and, versatility uh, of your. Uh, you're not wearing the blazer today, is that? No, I'm not wearing it today. And future ticketing, of course, as well. Uh, who are doing deals left, right, and centre at the moment, and many more deals to come. Um, how are you, Dan? You've got a you've got a, uh, a pep in your step today because you're going for pints after this. Yeah, well, I mean, I, it's which not, is rare for you. The, actually, December noticed. isn't what it used to be. No, December used to be. You know, you, you'd pick the days you weren't going <laughs> yeah, to. Drink, yeah, you know. Whereas now it's more a case of I was at the the soccer writers' dinner on the eighth of December. Mm. You came in a bit later on. That was a uh, that was a job. Sorry, actually, yeah. I tell a lie. I was at the PFI Awards actually the, the week previously as well, but it took it relatively easy at that. PFA um, Ireland, PFA yeah. Ireland Awards, yeah. they were good. Um, and then the, the the soccer writers dinner more gave it a lash that day. Uh, that was Any it. scandal Sa- started in the middle of the day, and then um, and then we have uh, yeah, I have some work drinks today, and I have something with friends on the twenty second, and that's sort of plan. Might mm. might go might go racing on twenty eighth. Um, yeah, but like very, very, you know, very well behaved. I just, yeah. just as we're introducing the show here, I did get Derek to go and uh, Dell to go and get some some Christmas <laughs> decorations because we had to put out a photo that reflects Christmas, and we didn't have anything Christmas here in the room. And Oliver, uh, they have the place decorated, so we've just injected some some props. You, you know? actually, I actually I'm wearing Christmas socks today yeah. that I was given last year. <laughs> and do you know what I mean? Like you might be going through your draw during the year, and you're like, oh, there no, they are. can't put on them. Now you're actually at the point of like, oh no, you actually can put them on. Yeah, at the moment. But that's it. I don't know. Are you a big Christmas man? No. You're always a bit ambivalent on it. No. Well, we don't believe in God. Like, so we don't believe in this stuff. Um, and it's completely commercial. So um, I like the pints aspect to it. Do you know what I, I was love thinking? Christmas. I absolutely love I, it. I love... Do you know what I was thinking? This Kids thing really. Slightly controversial comment. But like, Dublin to me doesn't feel like an Irish city anymore because... Oh, oh like, don't say that, man. We're going to get a lot of responses. Except in the pub. And maybe at League of Ireland games, right? But like in the pub, it still feels like the old sort of Dublin that hasn't really changed. Whereas everything else has completely changed. It's, it's quite hipster. It's just like another kind of can't put out prosperous that tweet. We're going to get a load of responses. It from It genuinely doesn't. People with and the irony of me not emojis. being from Dublin but, in Alabama, but League of <laughs> League of Ireland and Irish pubs still feel like you're in Dublin. Does that make sense? Certainly, the pubs. And there's other parts of Dublin that still feel like uh, Dublin. <sighs> it's, it's changed, son. It's changed. Like every coffee, every coffee shop here now could be a coffee shop anywhere. Do you know what I mean? And well, that's you, not well, you, but you're the problem. You go into all of them. I do, yeah. And you I buy do. expensive coffee. Like your, like your, your, um, your expensive tastes. Like this, Dublin has just has actually come round to what 
you know, people wanted to be rather than what it used to be. And you are the consumer. The, there, like, there's a definite that. irony in that. Like, I'm not even from Dublin. Um, so I'm here's me saying Dublin has changed. Yeah. I'm not bemoaning it. I just said it doesn't feel like an Irish Were city Were you in Dublin uh, much before you moved here? Like, no, in, no, no. See, I would have been in Dublin a lot because I had siblings in college and stuff. Mm. So I would have been in Dublin a lot in the in the 90s. Like, I lived closer, I guess. Like, mm. we'd, we'd be in Dublin pretty regularly, you know. So I do remember. You see the old, um, I love the RTE News archives of, you know, a news story in 1996 or something. And it'd be on the news that day, it'd be like, I don't know, new traffic lights open in Stadorgan or something. Mm. You know, and like you like you look at the footage and uh, you see the old Dublin buses and oh, yeah. remember, like, you'd go to the Virgin Megastore on Eden Quay to go and get, like, computer games or something like that. And that used to be like Galway City for me. Big trip. Yeah, yeah, well, that was the thing. So, yeah, I know what you're saying. Like, it's, uh, oh, God, I mean, there's a lot happened in Dublin since we've been on air and, and we don't really want to go down that road. Like it is, um, it is a, a deflating road. You, you could go down. Um, but well, yeah. that asked what about uh, uh, Dick Shakespeare from UCD is the yes. uh, now becoming the CEO of Dublin City Council. <laughs> yeah, that would, you, know, you know, screw all those whitewater rafting courses. Mm. Let's just build football stadiums there. Absolutely, Dick, I mean, yeah. look. Uh, to be fair, I actually I do know Dick, and I, I actually know he'd be more uh, he'd be more uh, you know professional about his work than just going down the Irish route of uh, what about. Sorry, I'm going on a tangent. Did you see the, uh, we were going to talk about the FBI in a while, like Hildegard Norton from Fianna, from Fine Gael. And oh, Galway woman. Galway woman. I'm not having yeah. to go. Is, he, is she Galway West? When they announced the funding for Connacht's new stadium, she did this video saying, I have secured 10 million in funding. I have secured 10 million in funding. Now we will talk about the FBI and the doll later on. I, honestly, if you wanted like a snapshot of, everything that is wrong with the sports funding model in this country. Mm. Like I was at this event last week, and we will talk about the FBI thing a little bit later on, not too much, it's Christmas. But, um, you know, there was a guy from the Kino Lennon from the Department of Sport taking questions on funding. And it's a yeah. big team. If we're reviewing our year, right, and we are sort of reviewing our year, it is no doubt that it has been a year where we've probably talked more than ever about the funding of football. And we had Aidan on in here, and we've, we've had general discussions around that. I think we realise in the game here that we're at a sort of a, a point where like it's just not sustainable to keep going this way and mm. there have been some improvements which have been terrific but our stadiums are creaking they're at the point they're at full capacity I mean Ireland is not full but our football stadiums are you know and like we you know you have a situation where um, you know you have a situation whereby we're analysing how the exchequer funding is spent in all sorts of, of different directions you know in different ways and there's a guy from the departments who are answering He's quite professional how he answered his questions and he's like, you know, uh, Fintan Warfield and Aon and we're asking specific questions saying, well, you talk about the sports capital and equipment funding, but like a quarter of football clubs don't own their facilities. So, you know, you can't, they can't apply for granting, which is true. Like the system was weighted against yeah. football in a lot of ways. Um, obviously, like GA clubs and rugby clubs will own their facilities or a lot of wealthy people. Also, they were talking about the requirement to match funds, which is a big thing as well. Mm -hmm. Finn Harps have had an issue with that. Mm -hmm. Clearly, there are places where it's much easier for them to fundraise. And it, to be fair, within football, you'll see, I think Sligo Rovers will fly along with their project because they're probably very good at doing their fundraising mm. part of it. I think they will fly along with their stadium stuff. Um, but, uh, you know, your man's given very serious answers about the integrity of the process and how the checks and balances exist. And then you have a government uh, minister, you know, government TD, I got you doing a, tw a, a tweet saying, I got you this extra 10 mil mm. for Connacht Rugby. I did it. It's like she went in one day, she was like, listen, 
you know, truth, of, you know, truth something on the table. It was like, Connacht, we need to talk about Connacht, you know. And this is the like the problem with the whole, you know, integrity of our system is that it's so localized still. Like Thomas Byrne, in fairness, came to the PFI Awards, PFA Ireland Awards. Um, met his appearance Brandon Clark had a bit of a go at him in the speech but listen he appeared now he did come down to tell the table that he was leaving uh, towards yeah. the end he came to tell the journalist table just to be clear I'm not walking out I'm not doing anything I have to leave he was going to the Meaden District Awards Meaden District League Awards which of course is in his constituency is in his constituency yeah. and it's like you are the national sports minister but I have to go to a meet event. Playing the game. I saw so. him. Uh, I saw him a couple of week, week ago. You know, a week ago previously or something. But Helen McIntyre him with a shovel, with a shovel at some pitch. You know, and like this is like this is the problem that you know there is. A, it was a meet to be clear. Uh, wasn't, Helen wasn't will be a in the offices later. She likes a trip down to Yeah, Street. yeah, but she wasn't. Uh, you know, yeah, stop digging. As I say, Helen. <laughs> I you was know? thinking that. But uh, like, she's not know, the worst. But brother. anyway, this is. Um, thanks. That's that's a qualified <laughs> phrase there from Jackie. <laughs> It's like the Irish it's thing. It's not the worst. It's like the Irish other. thing. You meet someone. How are you getting on today? Not too bad. Yeah. You know, it's like I'm. I'm bad. Just not as bad oh, as I could be. I've been be. getting that a lot lately, where all my compliments are pre- prefaced by actually and an ending. <laughs> That's from me. Ending to be fair. That's from so me. So like yeah. actually insert vague compliment about something Johnny did, and then at the end to be fair. Uh, like, well, what? That's not a compliment. <laughs> That's like I'm really surprised that you produced something that was adequate. It's because you want to compliment that. But um, no, listen. To be fair, to, you, to, to be, be fair. fair, I watched your nice see, last week, yeah, and you're see. actually quite good. That's like my Mr. Dad Yeah he's not bad on. He's actually not bad He's actually not bad to be fair Is that like Anyway it's that, Actually anyway, this pod is, is actually having, not bad to be is fair Is anyone having a so, so You've got the, such giddiness of going for points I really On, the, on the scale of the, of the League of Ireland Off season who's having <laughs> uh, Not bad Who's having not too good. Damien Duff is delighted with life. Very delighted. Yeah. He said it was the greatest achievement. Not nominated for the uh, Manager of the Year Award by that his was, peers. That was... Only, she's only 10 of them vote in the yeah. whole thing. And I... Like, basically, if four of them got together, they can completely... They can rig it. Like, I, like I do the, get the feel among the I'm other like Donald managers. Trump here going... <laughs> but there's a bit of a... There's a bit of um, What's the word? In relation to Duff, there's not a bit one of, us. of... He's not one of us. Maybe not he's not one of us, but a bit of envy... And a bit of umbrage at his, uh, the way he kind of goes on. And probably a bit of envy. envy. It doesn't doesn't reflect well on them if that's the case. Just because Damien Duff can afford to pay for the entire show. The media loves him. And by that they mean you. You do love Damien Duff. (laughs) I I am the media. Yeah, you actually are. He can pay the whole, uh, he can pay for the whole Shelburne Christmas party. Like, you know, the rest of them just can't, you know. Yeah, well, there is that. Get a receipt, you know. But like, I, I look, I mean, I, I think it was a great achievement uh, to qualify for Europe. But he's I, on I the think, wind up at times. I think like he's, I, he again, is. He's, he's, you can tell he's on the wind up. But, there. He, but he is. But he also. Yeah. But the other people get wound up by him. Like, yeah. If you don't want to be on the on the wind up, then don't get so blatantly wound up. We'll hear up from by Roddy later too. on, who kind of revel in that stuff. We, we've got Roddy, so we have some extra Roddy that we haven't mm. played before. <laughs> and it was actually, uh, actually, actually, to be fair, yeah. uh, there was some good questioning in it. Uh, but it was, it was actually for me to be clear. Um, to be it was, fair, he, he, he had a bit of a pop at you in this section, which is kind of funny. But um, I was talking to Roddy about <laughs> the topic of burnout. He's not going to buy my book anyway. I've <laughs> no. actually forgotten yeah. that. Um, don't read the tip. But uh, it's about the topic of burnout, and mm. it, it is a thing that you, you sort of forget how young. Roddy was 
Like mm. we always have this thing and maybe it's just a reflection of a lot of our friends and like end up sort of you live life through the eyes of your generation, how you see things. But like we were, say, teenagers then and Roddy, like you see him as this older figure, but he was actually only in his 30s yeah you know and mm. you realize now as we've left our 30s how clueless you still are about a lot of things in your 30s but you sort of put people on a pedestal you know as an authority figure and you look at a lot of the managers in our league at the moment you know they are they're like in their late 30s you know early 40s and they're learning on the job in a lot of cases like Stephen Bradley's not even 40 yet 100%. he's won four leagues like and, you, and obviously uh, we have to be very like we 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 have been critical say of of elements of of say the european performance this year and has the team evolved but you step back from it too and notwithstanding all the personal stuff as well but you step 100%. back and you go like you know, we know people in our lives including ourselves you know you're still trying to figure out things and you know these people are 38 and you, you hold them on a sort of a very like you put them on a pedestal like it's not like life experiences yeah you'll have like there's very few managers in this league like john caulfield is going to bring the age profile of the Premier division up next year mm. like something serious you know, by, by managing in the league. Um, and we have a lot of managers who, and maybe sometimes even the inconsistency with clubs this year, you know, inconsistency in recruitment and errors. It's like, I mean, we talk about the young managers. We've joked about the young managers here. So sometimes we've eulogised them. But there is an element that you forget. Like, a lot of them are just learning as we go. It's and funny we as well, like, D- Dell, our producer, obviously big Bob Dylan fan, Bob Dylan's argument about a song is that what what I wrote in the song and what it meant to be is irrelevant. It's what you read from the song at that point of your life. And I'm reading Roddy's book and I was like, I was a bit of a lapsed League of Ireland fan at times because some of the stuff he was on about, I could barely remember. And I was like, you I might have been a lapsed on, League of Ireland fan. You might have just been... I, ha- it, when Galway FC went out of business... When Galway FC, sorry, Galway United went out of business, and those laps sort of a couple of years, and uh, like when Roddy was on about that, so Monaghan were the team that beat Galway FC, Galway United that time, and then Galway United went out of business. But there were t- aspects of Roddy's kind of um, managerial career, so I don't even remember that very well. So I don't know what what was going on in my own life, but the League of Ireland from the start of, certainly from the start of um, maybe 10 years ago, but into... You're in the haze. Into LOI. It was weird, though. Like, You're it, in the haze. Like, we didn't talk for around five years. No. We talked this recently. Yeah. yeah and was in the haze. I say I know you for 25, but I couldn't really was, remember how it all kind of no. began. We obviously got the horse together, but... We woke up one day with a horse. It, no, but it is funny. Like, the seven years of this podcast, clear. it feels like it's always been like that Separate for me beds. in the League of Ireland. Yeah, it hasn't. And... Uh, now we're going into 2024 where it is on a high relative to... It is on a high. And in terms Are of you linking the, the, the rise of the league to the start of the podcast or to I think the dog uh, making Europe in 2016? I, I think not so much the podcast. I think the fact that we're on national radio always always promoting it hasn't hasn't been any uh, harm. Johnny, praise, no praise. I shouldn't I'm not, I'm not praising us. I just think it hasn't been any harm. Like Because it's 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 really like putting it down the throat to people Do who probably what? don't want to listen. It hasn't been bad for it. To be, fair. Be bad, to be fair, to be fair, to be fair, we we have listen. We got a actually, lot of actually, we got um, a lot of mailbag comments, um, but we're not really doing a sort of a proper mailbag thing. Mm. But we are going to filter in because there's a lot of questions, a lot of questions. People just starved for like uh, League of Ireland discussion. Starved. People are starved for League of Ireland transfer rumors. Mm. I've seen some of these sites now are like, uh, you know, fifty likes, and I'll do a League of Ireland rumor for you. 
Yeah. You know, it's just like, it's like, uh, it's like, it's like one of those slot machines, the arcade where you're like, you're putting the 20 cents in, you know, it's like, come on, just, I need to, I need to get six more 20 cents in here. And I might find out if someone's going to move from Cove to Wexford, just, just put it in. I know I can't do game it. I, over. I, I'm not going to get the rumor. If you get this, I can't get the rumor. Game over. Please deposit 40 quarters. <laughs> if you get that, I'm impressed. I know. Uh, I, I didn't. But um, yeah, we, 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 we have a lot of questions to get through. They are transfer related. But look, one of the questions was, um, you know, could Johnny give his top five eateries for December, which brought us back to, to one of our finer moments of the year. A few other points to go through. Yeah, VC, best lobster John has eaten in the last week. I mean, you've eaten a lot of lobster in the last yeah, week. Yeah, in fairness, I heard Far from that, you were raised. Yeah, absolutely, because in the Midlands in, in Ireland, pretty much. But far, far from uh, me eating lobster regularly, I ordered it because it was on a special in a, a very, it's a neighborhood local. It wasn't expensive. And then I bought lobster on a it was like a father's day deal it was a two lobsters for 35 quid like you buy it on and they, they ship it out to you and i was like that's not bad actually um it was a harrowing experience dan the fuckers are looking at you like they're looking mm. at you and they're twitching their like um you know their eyes and they're they're looking at you like they almost like know that you're gonna you know kill them yeah. and then then like after you do the deed which itself is pretty harrowing like they're still twitching for a good three or four minutes and like as i was because i was doing it the humane way of not boiling the the lobsters alive which you can do um what's the humane way you you basically just like put a knife through their brain basically like <laughs> that but well, yeah, yeah it's, it's, as in they're, dead, they're, they're yeah. supposedly dead straight away um so the, the lobster itself is delicious Jeez, an absolute mess trying to eat it though like it was like it's like a rubik's cube delivered on your plate like so figure this out and then you've got your hands are an absolute mess harrowing experience lobster is overrated but um that was my best one of the two by the way yeah ne- never again am i am i um, decapitating a lobster down until the next time i suppose yeah i mean yeah, it was we don't think those. about the. We don't think we were indoctrinated growing up to not think about the food that we were eating, right? And then when you actually have to like kill something as simple as a lobster, I was bricking it. it I was like, my heart was. It, it actually affected me. Mm. And you don't think about like the chicken that was reared in some shithole battery farm that you ate as a chicken filler roll oh. for four years in college. You know what I mean? It just, you didn't think about it. Wasn't the same chicken. <laughs> well, if it was, hope not. if it was, it was a bit like it just. It was like this is Johnny's college chicken, <laughs> just is, laid aside. Is this a good time uh, to bring AI in? Uh, <laughs> no, no. Uh, your top five eateries. So we had a question. Could Johnny give us top five eateries in December? Also, there was a question about um, how does Santa feel about, uh, or how does Johnny feel about Santa having a diesel-powered sleigh? Yeah, yeah, not great, um, not great. But yeah, we're we're fucked. Um, so uh, top five eateries. Very briefly. Uh, Are they all in Dublin? Um, Do they all feel like n- Dublin? Top five in... in nothing like, nothing top says five Dublin in like Dublin. a French restaurant. Terra and Castle Martyr was the best I've ever had. Like, best I've ever had. That was a taste of menu. Price accordingly, you know. Best in Dublin, Dan. How many have you been to? Butcher Grill, Ranla? Yeah. Um, Uno Mas? No. On the list. Um, Pickle? Oh, yeah. That's great. Like Indian that. food, Indian food, very good. Um, yeah. Also, I'll give uh, I'll give the fish shop just for something a bit different. Yeah. Ben Burb Street, yeah. Oh, yeah. and um, for sentimental uh, purposes, I'm going to give Terra Madre. Oh yeah, you like it there. Yeah, I was in a fish restaurant, Hemingways, over in Clontarf direction the other day. Met Shamrock yeah, Rovers yeah, fan yeah, in there. On Shamrock, I met a Shamrock Rovers parents, Shamrock Rovers fan, and his. Uh, his parents, yeah. So lovely. Get a bit of League of Ireland chat there. everywhere in the off season. What else um, have we got there? We've got uh Yeah, yeah. I mean I think 
maybe right um two of the better interviews we had this year um there was a sort of recurring team between mark connolly and owen doyle both speaking about uh, in connolly's case coming home mm. and the sort of uh I suppose the reasons for coming home and his dad, unfortunately, uh, you know, passing away, but also in the sense of like the, the sort of why playing at home in the league here, he reached a point where he realised like it was something he wanted to do and it, it had some meaning for him. Uh, and Owen Doyle is more about, uh, we're going to sort of merge the two clips here, but it was good stuff from Owen Doyle about the things you do to survive in the UK. I mean, Owen Doyle retired, retired this year a career where he was a real survivor you know he was always looking at the marginal gains he could make to get from club a to club b and you can see Owen doyle now he was at the the soccer writers dinner i was chatting to him um and you know the advice he can offer probably now to young pros who are thinking of making the move maybe this winter mm. and how it's so cutter over there so we'll just hear a little bit of uh of Connolly and doyle if you're your dad were looking down and he, he were to ask you know what what do you make a life at Derry? what would you say uh, uh, I love it. I, I think me. I think me father. I I know, and a lot of people know who knew him. You know, sometimes people say, oh, "I just, I, I hope he's proud of me." But I, I know for a fact he would be. He'd be the proudest man ever. He used to ring me every day after training when I was in England and Scotland, and every day while I was training, <laughs> wouldn't really get a phone call to say, "Well, how are you?" It was how I was training. Uh, one of them ones. So, and then when just winning the winning the cup uh, up at the Aviva and stuff like that there and and people think maybe oh you played across the water you've done this and that there like that there that feeling of winning that cup and, and the pride of having me having my family sitting there it was it was so it was amazing like and these boys that have in in this league that have won leagues and, and cups and all that there and you can't take that for granted these these people have done it consistently um, week in, week out, year in, year out, um, and they should be again they themselves should be proud of 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 the standard of went. I, I've said it to even in this Derry City team. There are so many boys in in this team that, in my opinion, should should be playing at a higher level. Should be maybe in the championship in England and stuff like that. They're they're that good, but they're also happy um, at home. They're playing football back home. They're living with their families. They're playing in front of their home fans and their and their home city. So you can't really begrudge them of that, you know what I mean? You put your body through even like the, the maddest things I would have done over the years to try to get my body into the best shape possible. Well, what's the maddest thing? Look, I've had a few clinic irrigations over the years to, <laughs> to make sure my body was in tip top. It'd be shape. good if you had one on this like, podcast, yeah. <laughs> like just to continue the Some team. people have often compared no, listening yeah. to yeah. it too. Uh, Dan has been <laughs> given out today that I'm a bit I'm quiet. Say, lad, you're fresh as a daisy walking out our room after. You got a fresh start. Now, what stage of your career was this now, would you reckon? I've, honestly, I've done everything the diets to the. Rec- you see all them recovery rooms that lads go to now. My house has been kitted out with that stuff for the last decade. Like, I've had all that stuff in the house and down to seeing nutritionists and sports psychologists and everything. I would have just, I really would have invested in myself to get the most out of my career when I was, when I was over there. Does that come, your, sorry, Johnny, does that come from the fear of like, yes. Yeah. I'll be overtaken here. Cause I spoke to you a couple of years ago. I met you into the piece in your house and you're like, actually Kira was saying, um, just about how you're very like obsessed about the future and, you know, making a living and stuff and yeah. that was my that, question what's yeah, your motivation that, that, what cut, yeah, that cutthroat environment yeah. that you're in you know one bad season and you could be sort of done you know and the, the, was there an element of fear of that if you yeah, know what I mean 
I've never look. I'm but look. I tell you, like I'm mentally solid. Like I've now mental health issues. The only time I ever had a wobble was I was out playing for all of them. I was doing really well, and um, I got. A, I've had very little injuries too, and I got a blood clot when I was at all of them, and I got it. Um, I think it was early December, which me and there was bids coming in for me from other clubs for January already. The window hadn't even opened up. I was only on. I was on loan from Preston. Preston were receiving bids for me. Yeah, um, and I was thinking, lovely, I'm gonna. I'd be kicking on again And then that happened And I was like I couldn't I couldn't get I had a week of just Struggling like um, And it was No need I still had like 18 months left of me Preston deal like, Yeah <laughs> Which was, was a good a, deal a I good guess deal. Yeah. yeah It was a, good, it was a championship wages. Like it was There was no need for me To feel like that Like none um, And that was just The, the pressure put on myself To kind of I was always thinking If I just had another year Onto that deal there I'd be able to look after the family I mean, I suppose it's, it's topical because we have so many questions, Johnny. You may as well get on to what some people are going to be listening to, the people who just want their fix. You know, they've, they've, they've liked, they want their 50 likes. Um, transfer, transfer discussions. I mean, there's a lot, in some ways there's a lot going on and in other ways, um, not a huge amount has actually happened. I was speaking to someone the other day uh, involved in a club who was saying that they, they have a theory that, that maybe some players might be, as re- might be reluctant to sign two-year deals next year because they've realised that some of the players who've held the power in the market this winter have been the ones who've been out of contract. Mm. Um, and you have seen some clubs... Now, I, I don't know, I, I don't... You see people sort of giving out about, you know, the concept of transfer. How, why would you pay a fee for Dara Leahy, say? Like, that's the way it should be, you know? It's professionally. We, we, yeah, like, we mm. always think that you only pay fees for like the the absolute like you know the stars you know yeah in other leagues even in up north the, mm. the, 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 the concept of transfer fees is a lot more embedded whereas here there's a like we we wonder why clubs from the UK come and pay no respect to Irish players here uh, in terms of fees mm. but then we sort of balk at the concept of having to pay any domestic transfer oh, fees at all which is like a, a completely sort of warped uh, but it, but it's, it shows how we're conditioned to a way of thinking which is like so negative and, and has, doesn't value the player so yeah if you have a player with a year left in his contract and you want to do a deal even if it's 10 grand or 15 grand well like 100%. you know now with compensation now for players under they've changed the uh, like they've changed it now. The compensation figures for players under twenty three it's based on the number of appearances they make, and so there, there obviously is still fees paid, but their compensation. But actually, mm. paying fees for players that you know, under contract. We see with the Pat Huben situation as well. Now we're talking, by the way, to be clear, because people might listen to this at different times. We're talking today on what the nineteenth of December, ten forty five. Yeah, ten forty five a.m. So we're always conscious that like things can be announced, but the Pat Huben one. Even that caused a lot of confusion in people's minds that he was sort of told that he wasn't quite in their plans, but he's still under contract. So that doesn't mean he's free to go. And I think people are having it in their head, well, he's, he's gone. Like there was a rumour, like, as I said, the Nadok rumour bill is insane. You know, it's absolutely insane. Like it's just mental. I've listened to Nadok fan who sends me rumours and they're all mad. You know, like, like, you know, they're just, like, just incredible stuff, right? Um, but like they come, they, they they go around the town. Like you know, well, you know, Huben's gone to Derry on such such a deal. Like he can't go there without a deal being agreed. And my understanding of it was that like you know, Derry were obviously monitoring the ownership situation. In the dog very carefully. We had a, we've had an owner transfer, which is mm. new. You know, Brian Ainscove going mm. from from Kerry to the dog. Um, but they were monitoring that situation pretty carefully because um, they're probably hoping they could benefit from it, but. Uh, you know, he's come in now and said, well, he, we have a number nine who's under contract. Um, 
you're going to have to do a deal. I think Derry, I think if Brandon Kavanagh hadn't joined Pats, I was going it's to mention possible well. he would have been used as a, a make weight yeah. in a deal. I, I but think he, he couldn't uh, wait. They couldn't wait. What happened there was they couldn't wait yeah. for the Dundalk ownership thing to happen. So Kavanagh, like Pats come in assertively, paid a fee. For, you yeah. know, that's the way it he should was, be. He'd one year left. Paid a, paid a fee for Kavanagh. So that removed the player I think that Dundalk would have wanted for the swap. I think yeah. if Kavanagh hadn't gone, then something might have happened there. I think that was a very good signing by Pats, who have signed, uh, made a couple of signs. Obviously, Redmond is back and they've signed uh, Bulger as well. Well, they've signed Bulger, Keating and Connor Keely. And, and this Keating is the thing. Well, this, yeah. this is the big point. I'll go back to my point about why some people are suggesting will players, um, you know, will they be reluctant to sign two-year deals at a certain stage mm. in their life? Because like Rory Keating has been hot property this year. You know, he had interest from a lot of clubs. And, you know, I, I'd imagine that's allowed him to get a better wage. You know, and 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 sometimes the free agents have the power, but it can go too far the other direction. That you can have so many once you have so many free agents on the market, then the player starts to lose their negotiating power because we can get someone else. So there's been certain players this year, like Connor Keeley's another that Drada wanted to keep. You know, the dog were definitely in from. Um, you know, and I assume others as well, but Pats have, have moved and they've got him. I think Pats have signed, I saw someone make the point on social media, so I'm not going to rip it off. I think it was it Irish Kieran um, made the point that Pats have signed a lot of players who've had a very good 2023, who maybe prior to that wouldn't have been regarded. Rory Keating was considered a high. failure at Galway United pretty much. Yeah, well, well you always is, bring it back to his time But it, it, it is mad. Like, no, he I was know what like, you're saying. You know, yeah, he yeah. left Galway United and didn't prosper at Galway United. Yeah. Wilson Moreiro left and prospered elsewhere. Um, and it's funny enough, a lot, a lot of players have left and done well. Galway United going into next season. Been relatively quiet so far in the transfer market. Yeah, well, actually. what we're going to do is, so, like, but I think Pats have gone on the form of last year. And obviously, you know, that's, that's going to, and, and you know what, sometimes in this league you can catch players players on the mm. way and they can surprise people and their your perception of them can change. I would always say with someone like Connor Keeley, he went up north. It's not dissimilar to Brian Gartland, mm. who suddenly was it knocking around the league when he was younger, um, but between first division and premier and low profile and then 26, 27, yeah. like they take off. And like it's like, you know, Irish players in England, like Ogbeni, like they, they peak at a, like it can happen to yeah, players yeah, yeah, too. Yeah. So you, you you might think of them negatively because of what they were like when they were younger. I think Keating may be my victim of that. But in saying that um, you know, like they still have to suddenly like you're you're trying to build a title challenge around mm-hmm. Rory Keating. It's mm-hmm. very different to being a pleasant surprise mm-hmm. um at at sort of Pats. So look at Joseph Kenny wanted a year review of all teams and we had multiple comments about transfers, just give me some transfers. Um so what we'll try and do is we'll do a little bit of both. But we're gonna do a whistle stop here, right? Because we can't we're not gonna be here forever. Uh, people have their last minute Christmas shopping to do or, you know, their Christmas shopping. They're taking, they're taking a break from, um, you know, family discussions or something they don't mm. want to be a, a part of. But, okay. Right. Shamrock Rovers. I mean, it's the easy one to probably to deal with at this stage. Um, not a huge amount, but I think that's because they have so many players under contract. And once they got mm. uh, Jack Byrne and Rory Gaffney done, they basically like committed a lot of their budget from my understanding now I think I've, I've been writing about Dara Burns going there on loan I know other clubs have inquired but I think the seems to be the preferences that he would go 
uh, there and that's one that could happen in January but I mean they have a lot of players up at the end of next year so I don't think there's going to be massive upheaval Pats we've sort of talked about mm. Van more to add to the Pats situation no. I mean I don't, I'm not sure what's Redmond talking about building a title challenge next season and all of that so yeah this is Pats have created the atmosphere now to actually build a title challenge a lot of young players are as well Adam Murphy looks like he's staying as well yeah um, I, 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 that was the one that had been a little bit quiet Sam Curtis I don't know where he's going to go mm. just yet I've, I've heard he's been talking to the championship clubs as well not just like the top Premier League club, so it's a decision. Mm. Um, Derry, I mean, they're just they've, they've signed Daniel Kelly. They're just waiting on that striker. I mean, Derry definitely want Huben, and the chat to me seemed to be Huben wanted to go there, but they haven't been able to get it done. It can always change, and mm. um, but again, it might be one where you might have to just produce a fee, you know, and and that's the thing. Um, uh, Dundalk has been quiet. I think to be fair, like they've let to be fair, they've um, they've let certain players go. It seems like Dundalk have been in this situation where they have players under contract that they don't want to keep, um, yeah. which is slightly unusual. But it, uh, you know, it's better than still, ha- in my view, still than having everyone up at the end of the year. And they did mm. have options on the likes of Durant, um, you know, Sam Durant, who's a good one. It keeps me a recurring story about Archie Davis. Archie Davis is going here. Archie Davis is going there. Um, he's under contract. So he doesn't have the freedom to just go somewhere. So that's been one of the stranger stories that, that, that all this Archie Davies speculation. He was there pre-season. I can't imagine they're going to sell him. Well-regarded player. Yeah, very well-regarded. Yeah. He's in team of the year. Yeah. Um, Nathan Shepard is another one. I'm not sure what's happening. Mm. Linked with Bowes. As far as I understand, no interest from the Bowes side of things. Okay. So I don't know. There's games being played, maybe. I could be wrong. Um, Shelburne. Um, they've signed everyone. Uh, well, they haven't really, but they've signed. Uh, they've signed like Keith Wardy Ward as well, who, since our night out. Yeah. So he basically had as a player to have. He had his night out with his new teammates before he joined <laughs> for them. Uh, John O'Sullivan, John Martin, um, Liam Burt is, I think, going to go there and loan. Yeah. I think that would happen. Um, interesting on that one. Uh, like the, the Rovers are willing to do it, presumably to make room for Dara Burns. But another, I didn't actually write about this. There was a suggestion that Bowes had made a made a move for Sean Hoare, who's under contract, but I'm not sure if Rovers were willing to entertain it. I'm not sure how far that went. Definitely that chat is doing the rounds, um, but I don't think Rovers would sell to a rival yet. In a way, they're able to still maybe loan Burt out to bring someone else. A Bowes rival? Well, that's the that's the question. But Shells, I mean, there's, there's a confidence in what Shells have done. You know, that they, they believe that the culture is that good, that they can take in John O'Sullivan. Luke Burns going in as you know, director of football, their technical director. He's, I think he's the same age group as John O'Sullivan growing up, so they would know each other. Um, there's possibly, you know, a belief that get, get some of these players into our building and they'll perform better for us. Luke Burns tangent. I was in the, went into the Harold House to watch the Racing Friday night before kind of a Christmas uh, dinner with the lads and bartender comes over and she's like, fella bought you a pint there in, in the bar area. Oh, sorry, in the lounge. I like, fella bought me a pint. Huey Douglas. So Huey Douglas has basically had the same injuries as Luke Byrne, has retired from football. Uh, I was wondering what the tangent yeah. was there. So I ended up chatting uh, with Huey Douglas over about two or three points before he went into town to meet his parents. What an absolute gent of a guy. Every same time as- you go to the Harold House, you meet someone. Yeah, well, that's what happens when you go to it's the pub. A, it's a, that's <laughs> sort of like a, you know, Huey Douglas, unlikely master of seduction, like, you know, yeah, yeah. S- send the drink over he, he to has, that table has, over yeah. there. <laughs> he has a Wicklow accent. I, I remember telling me, I thought he used to look like an extra from Braveheart. He liked that reference. He lives in Harris Cross now. We're going to become best buds. Oh, my that's God. Expe- uh, uh, listeners, the over-under on Huey Douglas references on the pod yeah, next year has 50. gone from 1.5 to 50.5. Right, let's keep going. Um, Bows, I mean, Bows, a lot of Bows angst. Everyone's mm. unhappy. They're all unhappy. Uh, I'd be expecting Afalabi to be sold. Um, that seems to be the chat. Um, I think I wrote this in the newsletter. 
and my newsletter in a month ago. I'm just cross-referencing uh, interest here. The Tommy Lonergan one is uh, interesting to use that word because um, like Pats have Rory Keating. You know, they they Mason Media's contract. He's going to play more games next year. Mm-hmm. They're going to want to play more games at Mason Media. Uh, they've they've got they've got Keen Kavanagh from Derry. We should mention as well as Brandon Kavanagh. And I think Lonergan, the suggestion seems to be he wants like he's open to fighting for his place. But I think he, his place in the pecking order wouldn't be high up it. Mm. And as a result, uh, I think there might be some kind of thing in his contract that might be related to UK. Um, but there is a figure of sort of sixty grand being mentioned. I think if clubs here. I, I think all the clubs we've mentioned probably around that are looking for a striker. So you could be talking Shells, you could be talking Dundalk, definitely Bows. I think they're all going to consider. I think Sligar Rovers keen as well, but um, it's just a matter of again, will you, you know, will you pay? You know, will he? What does he really want to go? Do Pats really want to let him go when it comes to it? Um, but he could be an option for Bows. Um, but I think I mean, they've signed Dale Rooney. Um, I think Cornwall is Cornwall is going to go back there. Aidan Fitzmaurice support that. Uh, Evan Weir is a player that 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 I think Bows are looking at, um, as well as Dundalk and Andrada, and that's one of the players. Like the thing is, there's not a huge amount of like in demand out of contract players. Like, yeah. They've let the polls go, so clubs are going to be waiting until January. But I think once you wait for January, you're waiting for players in England that might not become available till the end of January. So um, there's not a huge amount of obvious ones out there that are left. You know, we had a couple of those draw the players in demand. Um, but Bose, yeah, I think the Afalavi one is sort of key in a way. Um, you obviously have to do the deal with him. But then financially, then do you go and, and go for another striker from somewhere else? So, but they have been quiet. And um, brought in New Jersey out though, so a lot of money coming in. Yeah, that'd be it fine. Nice Andrada, uh, you know, obviously, yeah, been busy enough. Um, they've lost some players still. Mm. I mean, and they're not going fully full time. And, and this is the thing, like players will be attracted by full time football. So they're still going to be vulnerable. Like it still could be a struggle for them next year. But they've retained a lot of their key players. Mm. Um, I'd imagine they'll they'll bring in lads on loan in, in January. Sligo Rovers, we'll come back to that again. Mad, uh, David Rowe, their financial director, did a podcast um, very blunt about their style of play and, and uh, their budget being cut. And they've been, they sound Wilson uh, Waru, who was, I think Cork City were looking at. Um, but yeah, um, their squad is going to be a tighter squad next year. So they've retained a couple of players that were being touted around elsewhere, Fitzgerald and Morahan. Um, it's very difficult for a provincial club. There was chat about Manly going there. I mm. thought that was going to happen, but I don't know what what's difficult the story for is that. A, Difficult for the likes of Sligo to compete without. Like if you're a community-owned club in a provincial town in Ireland, it's very difficult to compete. So you're just like... Uh, like at best Sligo should be basically staying up at the moment considering what they're taking on well next year it's going to be bad so you've got Galway and Waterford you've mm. mentioned like Galway in terms of new signings mm. I think there's just been Gary Buckley that's been announced is it? yeah he was, was the last Leo Gaxa is going to Leo Gaxa is joining um, um, I think that's just needs yeah, to be and, and, and essentially have kind of signed on they've been signed on the main players that you would expect they would sign on but nothing they I would have been very keen on Hooban too I would have thought Hooban yeah. I would have thought Hooban would happen but if you say you know the Derry thing well I think we'll his see. preference would be Derry but mm. I mean again it's, it's like the situation there like I mean the dog's budget is going to be similar to last year so they don't they're not under pressure to sell mm. I mean I think with Huben, it's I think it's probably clear that there was a football decision element to it whether you disagree with it or not mm-hmm. um, but Huben's probably won the, the PR battle with the club in terms of how it's been portrayed uh, and maybe at some point Stephen Donald will have to come out and speak about it in more in more detail but you know maybe you, you know you say you're open to the idea of someone going but then you sit down and you look at it and you're like, hmm, he still scored whatever, 12 goals last year. Mm. Um, so, like, if, if there's no alternative, like, 
just just keep him. But it's obviously that you know, there's, there's there's tensions or issues to be resolved there. You know, it's clear it's not straightforward. Waterford uh, seems to have a lot of left backs. You know, they've got Ryan Burke staying and Leahy presumably might Center play back, more centrally. Uh, Robbie McCourt as well. Burke's a good player um, for the bits I saw him. You see a bit of Connor Parsons on with Jurgen Klopp. I don't know if you saw I this did last actually, week. Yeah, yeah. The, um, the sort of the secret footballer or whatever. It was very, very good. I mean, you just kind of realise one of those reminders to people. It was like. Um, I mean, like you still have to be very talented to play at this level, mm. you know. Um, and he's a he's a hell of a player. Uh, down to the first, I mean, Cork City have signed Doherty. Um, Tim Clancy. Tim Clancy. Yeah. Well, what do you think of that one? He's back. Um, what was your great, great th- move? Th- that happened yeah. very quickly, by yeah, the way. It's very just... quickly. Jar Nash basically got more money out of Aston Villa, mm. and um, all of a sudden Tim Clancy came in. But it was it was like a carousel. If, he, he, if Tim Clancy he, he, goes in, then. He's, He's a young family in, in trim, so like that aspect to it is is not straightforward, but like in terms of getting a job, like Tim was out of the game for what the goods of six months or whatever, and for a job to come up like that, Cork City, if Cork City don't win the league, it would be a monumental favor fa- failure next year. But to build that club back up again, um obviously issues sort of in terms of a little bit of issues off the pitch and with the fans and all that, but Jesus, what a job! It's not like there are that many jobs around. No, I mean, like I they're, mean, they're gonna, they're gonna, like they're gonna be clear favourites to go back up. Um, we'll see the side Evan McLaughlin from Derry. Mm. He looks like a tidy player. Um, I think um, seems to be, they've, they've said multiple players from Cove. It's bad news for Cove. Like Shane yeah. Keegan's obviously gone. Work commitments. Gary Hunt's gone in. Um, and Cove now Cork in the first division are suddenly shopping in that market. So they're they've they've, 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 gonna they've soiled several of those players. I think there's a fella Keen Brown, a left back, who's very well regarded. Mm. That I think Cork are looking. Looking at but Galway United might be looking at him too. Mm, I have um, an issue with left back actually. Yeah, I think Galway are looking at an American left back potentially as well. But um, there's 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 uh, yeah, look, like I think the, the Cove have been vulnerable mm. to to changes, so they've been picked apart a little bit in the first division. UCD Ronan Finn. I spent some time with Ronan Finn last week for a piece. It's going to roll out at some stage over Christmas. I had this idea. I'm going to talk to him about every every. He's played 63 European games. Do game by game. Bloody, I didn't realize like the stories, like three group stage campaigns. All that. we were there for hours, and it's like thousands of words long. So, um, but, but it's a, I mean, there's some good, some good stories in there. So, uh, UCD, but I think the expectation in UCD is that they expect to be competitive still, mm. albeit he's they're not going to sign any more older lads. He's going to be the senior player with a lot of kids around them. Um, but yeah, Wexford definitely the chat is they're going to have a competitive budget. We see Mikey Rose gone there. They've retained. Uh, Dobbs and Ethan Boyle who were definitely linked with um, going to some of the full-time clubs but I think they're going to have a decent budget and, and sort of give it a bit of a go uh, at loan I mean they s- stole Dylan Hand from Longford it's like the uh, I don't know it's like the El Clasico I, the, the, it's like the time Oscar Brennan signed for Bray and Cabantini except they were the same club Um you know, Dylan Hand seemed to have been announced by both Athlone and, and, and Longford. So, uh, Lost I thought I've lost Piero to, Piero to, to the draw there. Yeah, that'd That's be the, very interesting. That was the big draw to yeah, transfer we didn't mention. Very like, the, that was a good one. And I think, you know, other clubs did look at that. I mean, Bowes were definitely looking last year at him. And I think other clubs were looking at Campion Hines at Athlone as well, too. He, he is one he for the, the Dark Horse top scorer bet next season at a mad price. He could be very, very good. Yeah, I think uh, there was... I think everyone looked at him. Mm. And, and drug strikers can score goals. Everyone like, looked at him. I think in, th- there was mixed views on him. Mm. Um, but I think Drada, like he's definitely going to go there and play all the games. And, and you have to, tr- again, it's like Keating. You have to trust you can improve a player. Not, 100%. Just, think, not just think this is their level. 100%. And that is it. Um, yeah, Bray, I mean, they've announced a couple of re-signings. 
Um, they've signed a couple of the lads who've left Shamrock Rovers. Quite a few kids have sort of gone for Shamrock Rovers to various places, including Keen Curtis has gone to Wexford, isn't he? Has Curtis gone to Wexford? Not hundred. I think he has. Yeah, let me. Let me just I'm pretty sure he did. Um, I'm pretty sure he did. Um, Treaty United have had the new CEO, Kieran McCormick, Dominic Foley taking over the women's team as well. Indeed, um, Good footballer. But Treaty, like they've lost some players, but it's. I mean, it's King it seems Curtis, yeah, early days. Yeah, King Curtis of Wexford, Longford. Yeah, they, they yeah. It was pointed out to me. King Curtis was an, another example of a young player who just like has to move on from Shamrock Rovers to like, even though he was, I think he was the nineteenth player of the year. Yeah, yeah Long, there we go. Longford have been slow enough, slower than others. Hopefully, um, yeah. I mean, I suppose you have to you have to pay players in preseason now. So mm. um, I don't know if teams are do, not easy doing, doing their business that early. Um, Kerry. Uh, the Conor McCarthy, the youngest manager in the league, yeah, um, and uh, the, like Gax is gone. Um, I think they they're gonna ret- they've retained some others. They're, they're paid players now as well, mm. you know. So um, you know they're offering sort of part time contracts to players. So um, even with the owner leaving, they seem to be confident enough that enough investment is going to stay in some of the Kerry Irish Americans, and I hope so. Uh, and Finn Harps, another banger of a jersey as well from Kerry. Finn Harps have retained. Uh, so Darren Murphy is has, has has gone in, stepped up from number two, and. Again, they sort of retain, like Ryan Rainey has been talked about um, by Sligo Rovers and other clubs, Ryan Flood as well. Um, but they seem to have kept hold of some of their players. But again, like a typical first division team, they're sort of, they're building slowly. You know, they're not doing too much business in, in pre-season. There's no but, money um, coming in. Like There's no money coming in. It's, it's very difficult. Yeah, well, listen, I mean, it's 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 a difficult times. Um, difficult times. Let's hear something else from the year. For some reason, we ended up going down the AI route. So um, before we get the mailbag, big big news. Dell, our producer, has I think he has this AI technology now where we can essentially just like talk for half an hour and then it can clone our voices such that if we want to say anything on the show retrospectively, we can kind of just like not do anything and just like that happened. <laughs> it's like I, I predicted I predicted uh to talk to win the league in twenty nineteen. Listen to this clip, etc. Vinnie Perk brought it up on OTBM, he's still bringing it up like twenty nineteen. Come on, like give me a break at this stage. I've called a few right ones since Shamrock Rovers gonna win the league season, by the way. Yeah. I'm trying to imagine like <laughs> how this how this could possibly work, like retrospectively. It's like let's go back to last year where Johnny Ward predicted Galvey United would storm the first division this year. Score loads of goals uh, plus goal difference of 29 Dan I after the trip to Kerry I, think, I would have thought like I mean AI is obviously like it's very sophisticated but surely they don't want to be listening to us for too long and trying to figure out how to master <laughs> us I mean surely like if it's that smart it won't waste time in it you know what I mean like you know you have to question it I mean like I don't know it's the League of Ireland is quite it's quite an, an urban kind of fan base but AI to me in East Galway only meant one thing as a kid and that was artificial insemination when your man came we didn't have a bull and that was the job done to get the cow and calf how would that work? Um, well make, <laughs> you're quite good at turning me on I'm looking forward to, I'm looking forward to the AI uh, retrospective on this Dragon AI just has a as a AI has a libel function. That'd be a very uh, efficient thing, wouldn't it, Dell? If it could, if if we could train it to like just realize that no, that's it's a bit slanderous, you know. That's defamation. Mm. Tricky in Ireland, bloody mm. hell! You'd be busy. Archaic rules. Oh my god! Yeah. Um. From AI, Dan, to FAI. And yeah, well, I was, I mean, I, I just, what came to mind was Alan Dillon's line about a cock and bull story. Um, I just thought that sort of, uh, it followed on nicely. Cause I, I did know one of the lads was uh, messaging in about me kind of giving um, airtime to 
gala given out about the FBI. What was that about? Doing. It was on. It was one of the responses to, uh, um, I guess, to this. People haven't about. seen this. So, what was the comment? Like me, uh, I guess, promoting gal lads having a go at the FEI in, in terms of Alan Dillon. Uh, to be honest, his background has nothing to do with it. I just thought he was very uh, good. I thought Alan Dillon's questions yeah. were, were I thought were, he was very, fine. I thought he's the way he delivered it in this cold assassin style was just. It was, it was, it was very effective. Yeah. So I only knew him as a Gaelic footballer. He asked, um, he asked Jonathan Hill to list his salary for four years and just very simple, very effective. I thought it was excruciating and like quite damaging because it's just, I mean, and, and like Jonathan Hill, I can understand, could feel put out by people going on about this because this has always been his contract. It's not a new thing. Mm. Um, but he is in this uncomfortable place now where his wage has been placed against League of Ireland income or, you know, we're talking about like, now not, Never mind FBI staff who who are getting modest pay rises from modest salaries, mm. you know. But we're talking about money everywhere in the country, and then you're looking at this going, oh, two hundred and fifty-eight grand a year CEO, and they will say that's the CEO rate. That's what you need to get someone. But the fact that that's moving in line with the public sector pay grades, you know, that's the point about Alan Dillon and Co. Like you know, politicians' pay is going up incrementally as well. But the damaging thing for Jonathan Hill is that when you're already very highly paid. Uh, a story about you receiving more money on top of that just pushes all the wrong buttons for people. And I think he's in bother going into 2024 because it's just one of those things that sticks and he may feel that's unfair, but like a lot of staff in there are very upset and like football people. And I've never got big into the whole commuting thing. Um, it hasn't been, a, I, I, I okay, here at times it might be, you know, personal reasons you couldn't move across or whatever. And I, I, so you have to respect that. And a lot of people in their life work remotely and you can still be effective working remotely. But I think, you know, you look at it now and you think, wow, that's a lot more money than, like, you know, you're earning more money than a year than maybe, you know, than all the you know, youth coaches in Ireland put together, you know, and they're doing hours and hours and hours and hours waiting for funding, waiting for something to happen. They keep hearing something's going to happen. We're so reliant on government funding as we spoke about at the start. And then it's probably all been jeopardized by some of this stuff. You know, like all this argument we've had about the horse and greyhound racing fund, and, and there's been stories this week again about the IHRB and the integrity f fund and t mad stuff. But yeah, like in in football now, it's this, the, the, their issues are so. Well, how could you how could you give them money? Whereas there's other places where there's an established revenue stream that doesn't matter what they do at the top. They can bumble and do anything. It doesn't matter. Yeah. And and, and look, football is at the point where it has to get to the, it has to separate itself from the, the suits and the, the, the FAI inverted commas. Last week was so yeah. unnecessarily damaging. Like it was, oh. it could have been just like, how are we back here? And as you say, it was excruciating at times. It was, it was just so unnecessary. Hard going, really hard, hard going. going. And like, we're, we're not going to, we're going to be talking about this more and more next year. Like mm. what's, what's happening? And every month is a month wasted. You know, like mm. every, every year feels like, like five years wasted you know and and they like how does Jonathan Hill even turn things around like they need a win you know they need and not a win about a glamorous new manager or something like a win as in okay we have secured this we have secured this revenue stream like like little things you hear I think I think I think the clubs in the women's Premier division have been told now that they have to cover their costs of their streaming next year I think the FBI have been covering it and that's just a small thing it's, it's, it's a big it's a small thing, though, thing yeah but there's, there's hardly anyone watching it mm. you know and that's another expense and then you want to run these clubs and one of the, the growth of the league one of the great things about this year has been the attendances right mm. like you know and the energy around the league 
you know, and a big part of that has been the underage teams and the clubs growing and the women's teams and clubs are becoming a lot more, they're not just a bag of jerseys. You yeah. Know, the clubs are part of a community and there's sort of, so you have all these sets of parents and people engaged, but it costs money to run. Mm. It costs money to run all those clubs and there's no increase in funding. Like clubs, you know, move, move the, your kickoff times for games to accommodate a TV deal that doesn't mm. generate any money. Mm-hmm. We'll give it away for free and then hopefully like we'll get to the point where they might pay us eventually. You know, which is like, again, and I, I, and I, I have a lot of time for the people in the league office because I think they're working bloody hard as well. And it's, sometimes you feel like you're having a go with them when you're talking about this. They're trying to do anything. They're trying to get a win. A tiny team. They're trying to do New a website out They're, they're trying to get a win as well. And I think, mm. you know, you'd hear the chat that probably within, you see all the comments from some people around the FAEGM, might even within the FAI, there might be people who are sort of resent the focus on the League of Ireland. So this is where you get pretty deflated and depressed. And, and it sort of ties on from that. We did have a couple of questions about the Premier League Ireland thing, the Kieran Foley story, um, which came up. I mean, I wrote this story. So, um, and then it, it was mentioned in the Oireachtas Committee last week. So what, what happened with that? And Jonathan Hill said he took issues with maybe, I think his line was that the news, the story wasn't wholly correct. And I think his point around that would be, um, the point around that would be that they did come to the table selling only like a cross-border league or, you know, I don't think they wanted to use the language All-Ireland League, but cross-border league. And this is the group of American investors who who were coming with an X amount to the table. Um, and there's two elements to this, right? I'm not advocating for this project because like, I don't know. I haven't been given a presentation on it. I just know that the offer existed and it happened and and they do seem confident that they have the numbers that someone is willing to come forward. Now, I think Jonathan Hill would have had the view that it was ambitious, which yeah. is fine. But, you know, there are clubs out there, Martin Connolly from The Dog has said it, that they wouldn't have minded hearing this presentation themselves for them to decide and go, yeah, okay, you've given us figures, your, your media targets. So maybe the clubs go, yeah, I'm not sure about that. And maybe they might say no, mm-hmm. you know. And also the part of it is, like, will the Northern clubs ever really got on board with that? That's a ma- we've, we've been here before. But I think privately some of them probably were. But then collectively it's a different issue. But the point is not so much the Premier League Ireland thing. Um, you know, it's more a case of, A, you know, are the clubs reaching the point where they might have to break away and make their own decisions on things, you know, if things don't improve. Um, you saw that around the FIEGM when it looked like funding was going to be suspended. There was a lot of talk about that. Will clubs take control of their own destiny? So they can negotiate with these people and make a decision on them. Um, because secondly, like whenever you think about the thing, like I have to take on trust what I've heard and, and presentations have been given and, and to other people and, and, you know, that they are confident that they did have some investment there. That, okay, um, if the FBI are willing to turn something like this down, and they may decide that was the right thing to do. Mm. Um, and they may be justified in that, by the way. Um, what have you got to bring to the table then? You know, can you go and harness some of this commercial revenue from somewhere and bring something to the table? Mm. You know, so it's not like if the media rights targets in Karen Foley's thing, Danton Hill said, were, you know, over the top, that's fine. But what are your media rights targets for the next couple of years? Because at the moment, it's generating Nailed. zero for clubs. So, um, you know, can you throw stones at something else without producing something yourself? Is your strategy building to something? You know, mm-hmm. does Jonathan Hill think he can do something like this himself? You know, and I don't know, just hear chat about that. Um, I don't know if that's the case. But like, that's the thing here. It's more a case of where are we actually going? So the Premier League Garden thing was something that happened. Like it did, the offer did materialize. Um, not all clubs heard about the offer. 
you know, so I, I've my information is as well. Some clubs, you know, met him, you know, and 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 heard his presentation. And some clubs were like, oh, interesting. Others were like, not for them. Yeah, you know, and that, that's that's it. That, that's like anything, but something has to change, you know. And um, I don't know. I think I think clubs probably have to get to the point where they needed a bailout and needed help in the past, but are they getting to the point where they need to take control of their own destiny collectively a little bit more? League of Ireland is a better brand than the FAI at the moment. Yeah, probably is, you know, it, it probably is, um, which is a sort of a mad, a mad thing to say. But look, we are, we are coming towards the end. Um, I, 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 of course, Kieran Foley um, hasn't gone away, you know, scored a hat-trick as a makeshift striker in Daily Mount one time. And um, after that, Roddy Collins took over. Yeah, exactly. So we will um, come to that. Just before we go, like, again, we're, we're very appreciative of all our sponsors and all their help across the year. We've mentioned them around Future Ticket in Collar and Cuff um, and our friends in Rascalsbury. We're very grateful to Oliver Ireland here as well. Uh, as I said, we've got so many questions like you know, predictions for league winners, top we'll scores. We'll be back. Probably. We'll be back. We, I think we'll be back and we can run through all of that stuff. Paddy Cavanaugh was on about JP McManus and his money and Leopardstown and, and I mean... <laughs> Every second comment, it seemed like was a, an angry Bowes fan. So hopefully, by the time you come back, you'll have you'll have some players. Um, but yeah, on a Bowes team before the cup final, when they were infused with the hope of what the cup final might bring, um, we did have our show with Roddy Collins, and we talked some we talked some Bowes stories. So thanks for listening, twenty twenty three. I was I spoke to you about this a couple of weeks ago that like as a lot of us in the room at the time might have been sort of teenagers at that time and you always imagine like the managers are senior figures and they're older but like you're actually in your 30s like you know when you think about it now like you were in your 30s running a business running a football club at that time and it must have been a manic time in your life and I think about it actually like at the end of Carlisle or at the end of Rovers like you were around what 42 43 yeah. that you yeah. had a full career almost in management in like well, six well, seven but did you like did you burn yourself out in that time no, no, the way I you li- didn't burn myself I not, 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 not in the sense of tiredness I mean in the sense of rows and arguing with people no, hold, and on, all hold, that on, stuff. hold on hold on hold on what do you go to a football club for now listen I'm, I'm just to a- win trophies that's yeah. what you're there for I don't give a f- like. You can run a corner shop like a football club, just be nice and tidy. Don't say boo to to anyone, and you've been in work for years. I wanted to win. I didn't yeah. care. I I was putting my own money into get players, and I was going to my mates who are who are well healed. Got him. I got a fella to give me twenty grand to buy Trev. I wanted to win. I had no other interest other than winning. And we had some team. And, 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 and yeah, and in the yeah, space of thirty three months, which is only pointed out to me by someone recently. I took over to a bottom of the league after 10 games. 33 months later, double winning champions. Two, two away wins <laughs> in Europe and that, right? <laughs> and you get the bully. Yeah. Well, you, you, get did, the bully. You, did, you did say something. I but said, oh, fucking Stone Age, man. And they were. Yeah. But that was, I missed, I missed, I ducked the bullet about three or four times. Yeah. I knew. So I created my own little gang, didn't I, Trev? We had a little. We had little gang. Any deals around, I'd fund it. But we haven't annoyed out white phone. The, the funny thing, Roddy, is where like little moments change everything. Like if you lose in Santry that day, you're done. Like pretty much. And instead, instead you go down as one of like a, a proper Bows manager who well, did it. one down. No, half they, they all walked down. The, the Some of the Bows fans, the yeah. Second, yeah, yeah. I was coming off the, the running track in Santry, and one of my allies in the board said to me, "Rather second you at the final." The allies. The allies. We're second yet. The second yet at the final. We're not looking at seeing all the mutton heads gathering. You know. Fucking got him right, and we were second in the league. Bow's crowd were leaving the ground, so I went in and 
fucking like any master tactician and manager does. I said a fucking prayer to me down the checks. I said that. That's the truth. I went in the house and said, Jesus, Dad, give us a dig out. Well, no, it was 4 1. We'd four good chances. They'd four. We'd, and we'd Trevor in reserve on the bench. So I went back and I thought, lads, you know, get the next goal, see how they. Because they were dancing. Sacked in the morning. I was getting slaughtered by the Rovers. Probably your fucking grand there or something. <laughs> sacked, right? sacked in the morning, blah, blah, blah. Rovers all the so I goes in a half time. I said, right, lads, it's 3 1. Get the next goal. They're dancing. They've won this game. Mentally. Yeah, 4-1, I said, but we get the next goal if you treat 4-2. 30 minutes to go, I warmed up Trevor, and I took off a left back, but I didn't go three at the back. I left the right back, two centre-backs, because Hilly could cover that space. And Mark Rutherford, if anyone ever knew him, Mark could do fucking all day, every day, as much energy as Trevor. So I says, Mark, you're a wing-back. Mark was 72 at this stage, by the way. So we went bang, right? 4-2, 4-3, 4-all. I got a tug off, one of the lads dug out quick, get a left back back on, we'll take a draw. Me bollocks, yeah. We'll beat these 10 or 12. Yeah. We'll batter these, they were fucking gone. Five, six. Suddenly, they're all coming back into the ground, the Bowser supporters, and the Rovers supporters are leaving the ground. It was one of the maddest emotional, like I was angry. I was sad, I was disappointed, I was happy, I was all over the gaff. Well, yeah, that's what I was saying, there was, yeah. a lot of, like, there was a lot of emotions at that time, that's what I was saying, but I just want to go back to the book, because like, I mean, we, were we were telling all the, like, the funny stories from the book, and there's loads of like, funny stories in the book, but there's actually like, there's nice personal touches in it as well, that like, Turlock O'Connor was like, a huge figure in your life. Massive. And I'm just thinking, like, we, like, a lot of the stories in the book, you're talking about like, hiring, firing players, and you come into a dressing room, you chuck a couple of people out. And what I like is like, Turlock is your mentor, he's someone who's really close to you, but then like, you're, you're on a two-year deal at Dundalk at one point, and Mick Leach is the at-loan manager, and he rings you, and he says, oh, Roddy, will you come and play for us? And Turlock is like, you know, your mentor, he's looked out for you, and he said, I can't, I can't do that to Turlock, there's no way mm. I could. And Mick Leach says, oh, no, Turlock gave me your number. That's yeah. right. Yeah. And yeah. you're like, like, you have someone who's that close to you, but you were dispensable to him. Yeah. And did I, I, he I, teach you something that I, way? In a way to be completely ruthless ah, here, in the sense of, well, it doesn't matter. It doesn't, yeah. Look, see football, right? You can have compassion, 100%, but sentiment, out the fucking window. There's no sentiment. It's a business. It's ruthless. If you want to achieve, I could fill a dressing room full of people who can't play football because they're lovely people. There's no sentiment. Someone's not doing it. Boom, they're gone. I wasn't doing it for Torlock. He tried to offload me. I didn't go. I stayed the whole season, got a league medal. But, you know what I mean? He, 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 I did. I got a league medal that season. But that's the way it is. You know what I mean? Like, I went into the bowling dressing room and we played Sligo. We lost 1 0. I was relegated with Drada back in the day. And I knew how a team relegated were developing. And I knew that night up in Bowser says, We're fucked. So I went in on the Sunday morning and I said, Everyone around, you, you'll do for me, son. Bang, bang. You get your bag, fuck off, you're finished. Right? Can, can that I, was it. Yes. Six of them were gone, out the door. We are, uh, right? we are, we are running out of time, Dan, but uh, just that the, the draw, the, we are unfortunately. <laughs> get fucking warmed up yeah. here. Yeah. Is, is that, I'm only starting. Yeah, we're going to stay back. But before we do, I, I do want to ask you about the Paul Whelan story at Drada, which is my favourite story oh, from the book. Uh, has, any, has anyone heard the Paul Whelan at Drada story? Yeah. Uh, if you haven't, Roddy. 
You were you were in you were so you were in a relegation yeah, up and draw the relegation. Is this true? Point. Is this actually this is true? It is true. This yeah. is true. Have you got yeah. a nice say there? <laughs> well, it's in the book, Johnny. It's in the what book. What are we fucking you? Fucking <laughs> <laughs> cheeky. Of course it's true. <laughs> anyway, what were you asking? Yeah. We're up and draw, right? And we're struggling really badly. Tony Mackin was the manager. Coxie Corby was just the manager. Paul Williams, our main man, centre half, defending. Ronnie's brother, isn't he? Yeah, Ronnie's yeah. brother. And a very good player, really, really top player. Team won a league medal at Rovers Runners. Up and anyway, so we're playing this game and we have to get a draw out of it. And we always fucking missing headers. You You're saying like it's a flaky dress room. They're not really in it. Like you know, they're we're going down. Like you know, this is this is why. <laughs> As in this this is symptomatic of the problem. Oh yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Wheel was a main man, right? Roddy's telling the story. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's all in the book. Write your own book and book and tell you. I won't be book and buying it, right? So Wheel Wheelow's having a nightmare. Imagine, imagine Paddy, right? You're going to a game to qualify for, try and get to Europe, and you're the go-to man. I've seen you play, right? And Paddy's under the fucking head. Whoosh, fucking hell. Paddy goes, he spoons one that way. Pa- pa- uh, Co- Paddy Corby says, Rod, what the fuck, you know? So we went back for the corner. He says, Wait, are you fucking out? Are you out last night? Where? He says, no, Rod. I'm not leaving a fucking chicken in the oven, right? And he said, Jane is down in fucking Cork. She's not back till later on. The fucking house be burnt and off. off. <laughs> you, oh, yeah. So I goes off the dugout. I says, Paddy, you're not going to believe this. <laughs> he says, is he fucking growing, is it? I says, no, he left a chicken in the oven. <laughs> <laughs> a fucking chicken in the oven, right? So Paddy gets the keys of the house down the Dublin Road before the fucking motorway, right? I says, Willow, you're sorry. He's going to put the fucking chicken there, turn off the oven or whatever. We play, we all does all right, we get relegated anyway. <laughs> so we're in, we're in the dressing room afterwards, right? And Coxie comes in, a raw chicken, and he fucking bounces off the wall. You fucking dopey, you never turned the gas on. But that, that is an absolute fucking thriller, yeah? Yeah, we all. <laughs>